People with your host, Dennis Beard. Tis the season for perfection. That's right. It is the season for perfection. Now, many have thought for years and seen that there is an Elijah ministry for restoration. But it's far more than that. That is part of it, yes, but it's not the whole thing. We, as the body of Christ, have to come unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Now, there's more to it than just Elijah. That's the reason why. When you see the Mount of Transfiguration and Jesus on a mountain apart, he takes with him three of his disciples, not, uh, not all 12, only three. And that's Peter, James, and John. Now, James is also as Jacobus or Jacob. And that lets us know that Peter, James, and John, that inner three, that they see Jesus transfigured before them. Now, the same thing that happened in the days of Jesus Christ in the body of his flesh will be the same that will happen in the body of Christ fulfilling the Jesus ministry. Now, Jesus was cut off in the midst of the week, but not for himself. Who shall declare his generation? That generation that shall be counted for the seed. And that's the reason why in Matthew 1, you see the generations of the genealogy of Jesus Christ. From Abraham to David, 14 generations. From the carrying away of David unto the carrying away into Babylon, 14 generations. Then from the carrying away in Babylon unto Jesus is 13 generations. That of who is called, uh, born Jesus, who is called Christ. That's the 14th generation, or three sets of 14 and Jesus is the 41st generation, and Christ the 42nd generation. And there's a reason for that. Because Jesus will be revealed in and through the body of Christ, and it will not be any of the works of the flesh. It'll be Christ in them as a royal priesthood, as the light of the world, a city set upon a hill that cannot be hid. That's true. Elijah, certainly is that that Jesus spoke there in Matthew 17, coming down off of the Mount of Transfiguration. The point making is that it's not just Elijah with Jesus. There's Moses also. And we see in Malachi 4, remember my servant Moses. Behold, I send you Elijah before the great and terrible day of the Lord come. And he tells us what he will do. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, the children to the fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. What are the fathers? We know that the fathers, are, that's revealed to us, the body of Christ, and 1 John 2, 12 through 14. I write unto you fathers, because you've known him, that's from the beginning. I have written unto you fathers, because you have known him, that's from the beginning. Now, who is him that's from the beginning? <clears throat> That's Jesus Christ, the Word of God, the Father of glory, but the expression office of the Spirit, God Himself. So the ones used in the last day, move of God in the work of the ministry, will be one God, Jesus only, revelation in Christ, 
working in and through them in the true revelation of God, the revelation of Jesus Christ, the almighty God, who's the omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent God, and beside him there's not another. It will not be a trinity doctrine. It will not be a binary, a binary or a two-ness doctrine. It won't be a oneness doctrine where they have the man set at the right hand of God, realizing that Jesus, the man, has been made a quickening spirit, 1 Corinthians uh, 15, 45. So what is this work of the ministry that we're all called for? Well, he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints. Perfecting there is perfection unto the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ unto a perfect man. It is the knowledge of the Son of God in, in Ephesians 4, 11, uh, 12, etc. on that we are called for the perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry. We're called, called for that. And then he goes on to the defining of the body of Christ into the unity of the faith unto the knowledge. The knowledge of the Son of God is not a general knowledge just knowing Jesus after the Spirit and not after the flesh. Christ in you, the hope of glory. But is epigonosco, epi much higher gonosco that is knowledge. A higher knowledge it is to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Jesus Christ unto a perfect man, Jesus ahead, and we the body of the Christ. Now many have understood that when Jesus came down off the Mount of Transfiguration, after Peter, James, and John had seen Jesus, Moses, and Elijah fulfilling that word in the transfiguration of Jesus, when his face shone as it were the sun, his garments were glistening. This is the work of the ministry. Jesus there on that mount comes down, and they ask him, why do the disciples of John say that Elijah must first come? And Jesus said, Elijah truly must first come and restore all things. Now, that is restoration of what? The restoration of all truth. The restoring of all things, the things of faith. It is the faith that we've been contending for that was once delivered to the saints. It is the final revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave unto him to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass, and signified it by his angel unto John. John forerun Jesus' first coming as John the Baptist and that suffering Messiah. The type there being, the antitype being, uh, Joseph, the Hamashiach ben Yosef, Joseph, a type of the suffering Messiah. But then, what Israel's been looking for is that Messiah, son of David. Hamashiach ben David. That one will never die. Will restore the kingdom to Israel. All nations will be blessed in Israel that are left in the earth. That's a millennial reign. Well, before that, there is a work, the work of the ministry. As we said in the beginning of this podcast, tis the season to be perfect for perfection. Tis the season for perfection perfection. Jesus gave us a commandment in the constitution of the kingdom of heaven. Matthew 5, 6, and 7. The greatest message ever preached upon the face of this earth. And he said in 
Matthew 5, Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. That's not a suggestion. It's a commandment. And that's perfection is walking in the light as he's in the light. Through these great and precious promises given to us, whereby we escape the corruption of the world through lust, that we might be made partakers of his divine nature, which is holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. So what is this Elijah ministry? Well, it is the restoration of all truth, the restoration of all things. And we find in Acts 3, 20 and 21. Then he will send Jesus that went. Then he will send Jesus whom the heavens must receive until the times of the restitution of all things, all things of faith. The restitution is the restoration. That is an Elijah ministry. That is Elijah doing kingdom miracles. But we also see Moses not going back and under the law again, but singing the song of Moses in Revelation 15. The Shura Kadashah. It's a feminine song, Shura. Kadashah, song of Moses, is that Shura Kadashah, and it is feminine, and it started after Israel was delivered from Egypt, crossing the Reed Sea, the Red Sea. At that point, Miriam led them in this song of Moses right after crossing the Jordan River. I'm sorry, the Red Sea. But it goes all the way to the Jordan River, all the way through the wilderness. Before they cross over the Jordan River, it will not be Moses that will bring them over. Moses drawn out of the water. It'll be Joshua, which is the type and the type Jesus. And there we have the end of the Song of Moses, which has been a feminine song that is in, in a progression, a process, progressive glorification, a proceeding word of God as the, as the path of the just is as a shining light that shineth more and more into the perfect day. So what does it mean in the Song of Moses? It means that we begin this, this Song of Moses going through the wilderness and that wilderness journey from Sinai was only an 11-day journey to Kadesh Barnea to, pa to pass over the Jordan River. Only 11 days. But it took 40 years. And uh, during that time, it, that wilderness was to see if we love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, and might. And that's the reason why we go through the tribulation. There worketh patience, and patience that worketh experience, and experience that worketh hope. Therefore, we're not only called to believe on Jesus, but also to suffer for his name's sake. So that after you have received a revelation of Jesus, as you're going from line upon line and precept upon precept, here a little, there a little, and after you have the revelation, then you go into diverse temptations and count it a joy when you do, though your faith be tried as by fire. Why? that it can come forth as pure gold for the glory of God. That you're not only called to believe on Jesus, but to suffer with him. Think it not strange, the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you. 
but rejoice inasmuch as you're partakers of Christ's sufferings, and the glory of God resteth upon you. Tried? Well, why the trial? Well, that's the wilderness journey. Forty years, forty is the number of testing and trial, and it's to see if we love the Lord with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our might, all our mind on Jesus, but literally becoming to the point where we have the mind of Christ, and that is in Revelation 7, the apocalyptic sealing, sealing the servants of our, our God in their forehead. So it's not just one thing. Well, we it's Elijah, and uh, it's, it's a double portion uh, that we see this Elijah ministry. It's being led and guided into all truth and all perfection. And that's what he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the perfecting of the saints. And the perfection is being led and guided into all truth, not partial truth. In Pentecost, we've seen through a glass darkly. We, we had knowledge in part. But then, in that third day, God said, I will raise you up and you will live in my sight, seeing Jesus face to face. Just as Paul said, talking to the church at Corinth about charity. There abideth faith, hope, and charity. And the greatest of these is charity. And he goes on and talks about charity, which is not just love. It's a love for God based in the word of God and doing his will. Charity is doing the will of God. That's the reason why we don't love him in word and in tongue, but in deed and in truth. In other words, why you call me Lord, Lord, Jesus said, and do not the things that I tell you, the things of faith. And Paul warns us again in Hebrews 4, take heed lest a promise slip any of you. One promise, that you should seem to come short of entering into his rest. There remaineth a rest to the people of God, an eternal sabbatical, an eternal rest. If Jesus had given them rest, he would not have spoken of another day. He did speak of another day. He said, the time is coming, and now is. It's progressive. When the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God, and those that hear shall live. And how do they live? By every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. It's present truth. Now, God has already left in this Pentecostal season. We're in a new season, the season of perfection, the season of Jesus, Moses, and Elijah. And it's not Moses, and it's not Elijah. That's the key point. It is Jesus. That's the reason why. On the Mount of Transfiguration, when Peter, James, and John were up on that mountain and they, there appeared with Jesus, Moses and Elijah, Peter said, Lord, it is good for us to be here. Let us build three booths, three sukkahs, three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. But he wist not what he said. He didn't know why he said it. And when they, after all was done, they looked up and they saw Jesus only. They saw his majesty. They saw the glory. Peter said so in his epistle. We saw his majesty when he was transfigured on the mount. That transfiguration 
alludes to the body of Christ in the last days coming to the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ. And that's what you see in Revelation 1 when John turned and saw the voice that talked with him. And when he did, he saw one like the Son of Man standing in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks, which are the churches. There we have that, that man, Jesus, that he is the head and we the body of the Christ, and it's in a wheel in the middle of a wheel. The spirit of the living creatures is in the wheel. And uh, when you take that Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamos, Thyatira, uh, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea, makes a complete circle. But Jesus is in the midst of it, in the middle of it. That's a wheel in the middle of the wheel, the opening. And it was cried to them through the wheels. Ezekiel said, in my hearing, O wheel. Now the wheel speaks of the judgment of God, the wrath of God. And that's the reason why in Isaiah 28, that the body of Christ, the appointed barley and the rye and the wheat, which we are, that harvest of God, will not have a wheel of a cart turned about upon us. That wheel will not be upon the body of Christ. Because we're not appointed unto wrath but we will be beaten out with a rod and a staff. And that is the chastening rod of God that we will not be condemned with the world. So it's the season for perfection. It's a higher season. It's a higher glory. God's doing it right now. And some will say, well, this is an apostle over here. We follow that one. There's a prophet over there. We follow that one. The body of Christ will come together in one. It will not be a denomination. All the uh, denominational walls will be broken down. And the true believers, the ones that seek God diligently with all their heart, they will be the ones that will be used for the work of the ministry. Only the ones uh, that come to the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ and to a perfect man. It's not only Elijah. It's not Elijah and John in the spirit of Elijah is the body of Christ. We see that in Revelation 10. And then Revelation 10, John, when he heard the seven thunders utter their voices, seven being the consummation, perfection of all things. And here we are in that season of perfection. And John was about to write and said, write and not. How is he going to get it? Well, the angel had the little book. It's a Bibliorinian. The Word of God's a Biblion from Genesis to Revelation. But this book of this prophecy, the words of the book of this prophecy, is the revelation of Jesus Christ. It's literally the heartstrings of Jesus. It's the, the uh, revelation of Jesus in all things. And we see that in Revelation 1, verse 1. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ, and it is a strange work. Somebody said, well, I don't like to read the book of the Revelation because it's so ter terrible. There's so many things in there. People are dying, and a quarter of the population dies, and in the trumpets, a third of the population dies. Then the bowels worms fill up the wrath of God. Half of the population dies. It's just too horror of a book to read. Well, Paul said, knowing the terror of the Lord, we pray every man everywhere to repent. And God's doing it for one thing. When judgments are in the earth, men will learn righteousness. They will learn the real, true Jesus, the true Christ, 
which the denominal world has turned away from. And not because they're not good men or whatever, but because the tradition of the elders have made the word of God in that effect. So the Lord uses a chastening rod to get our attention. So we will not, not be condemned of the world. It's not to destroy us. It's to get our attention. Come and let us return to the Lord. Hosea 6.1. Why? As he getting us to turn to him. For he hath torn, he will heal us. Why did he tear us? So we would turn to him. He hath torn, he will heal us. He hath smitten. He will bind us up. After the second day, he will revive us. We've been in the second day. That 2,000 years since Pentecost. But now we're far into another season. We're in the third day. And in the third day, at 3,000 years in 2021, he said, I will raise you up. That's a higher man child caught up to God to his throne. Not a rapture. I'll raise you up and you will live. How do you live? By every word perceived out of the mouth of God. Present truth. You will live in my sight. Face to face. Then he goes on and said, we're in that third day. And he's doing it right now. And Hosea tells us, he said, if we follow him to know the Lord, don't stop, keep going, that his going forth is prepared as the morning. Now, weeping endureth for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. And he said, work while it's day, for the night cometh which no man can work. There's a midnight cry right now. There's ten virgins. And the midnight cry is... Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go you out to meet him. The bridegroom is coming. It's the same as the blowing the trumpet in Zion, sound of alarm in my holy mountain, crying, alas, alas for the day, the day of the Lord cometh. It's nigh at hand. It's very soon to come as a destruction from the Almighty. <clears throat> we need to give the more earnest heed to these things. The wise shall understand these things. The wicked cannot understand these things. Now, God's doing it now. Again, it's the season. Tis the season for perfection. For the body of Christ to come to the measure, the stature, the fullness of Christ, and the unity of the faith, not a denomination, and the unity of the faith, the faith that was once delivered to the saints. And that's what the revelation of Jesus Christ that he gave to him to show unto his servants things. Those things are the things of faith. Faith is the substance of faith. Things so far, the evidence of things not seen. And that's the reason Jesus said even to his disciples after they had walked with him for three and a half years, he's headed to the cross. There to be crucified. And he said, I have many yet many things to tell you disciples, but you're not able to bear them now. But the comforter, the Holy Ghost, when he comes, he'll speak of me. For all that the Father has given is given unto me. In other words, going back to his former glory, glorified by the Father's own self, John 17, 5. And he goes on and says, and he will show you things. Those are the things of faith. That's the faith that was once delivered to the saints. That's all truth. That is perfection. He will show you things which must shortly come to pass in Revelation 1. Jesus stating that in uh, to his disciples, and he will show you things that will come to pass. And that's exactly what he's doing now. Somebody said, well, it's Elijah ministry. It's more than what you'd call Elijah ministry.
because it's being led and guided into all truth, into all things. And that requires us to have this revelation of Jesus Christ that he gave unto John, that, that revelation, that in Revelation 10, John, take the little book out of the angel's hand. Nobody's going to give it to you. You've got to take it. It's there for you. The kingdom of God suffers violence. The violent take it by force. Not violent in a physical sense, but in a spiritual sense. Stirred up, seeking the Lord God diligently. Well, he said, it'll be sweet to your mouth as honey and bitter, bitter to your belly. Why? Because honey is the revelation of the word of God, just as Jonathan, the son of Saul, stuck forth his sword into the honey, and, and when he tasted it, his eyes were opened. Revelation. Now, the sweetest honey, honey, in the word of God is that revelation of word, butter and honey shall everyone that will eat that's left in the land, the Isaiah 7. And that's the birth of the man child, not Mary bringing forth Jesus, but the woman, the church in Revelation 12, bringing forth the man child caught up to God into his throne. But it's only when the woman's clothed with the son, the son of righteousness that will arise with healing in his wings. That son, that Jesus garment shone forth and with glistening and his face shone as it were the sun. Why? Because... Uh, that son, the full revelation of Jesus in the face. God has shown forth his glory in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power might be of God, not of ourselves. The Lord is that spirit. We have to know that. It's a one God, a Jesus only. And that's the reason on the Mount of Transfiguration. When Jesus is transfigured there, he's showing us that in this booth, in tabernacles, in that season of tabernacles, just as Peter said, let us build three booths, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah, thinking it is a separate time of work. Moses had his work. He destroyed all the gods in Egypt. Then we have the prophet Elijah and that restoration prophet. Then we have Jesus who only did redemption miracles. He never killed anybody. He did redemption. He healed the sick, cleansed the leper, raised the dead, cast out devils, opened blind eyes, loosed the tongue, tongue, the lame walked, and the captain went free. Blessed is he whomsoever is not offended in me. He showed he's the resurrection and the life by the Father that dwelleth in him. He said he's the one doing the works, that you may know that he is the Father of glory. Jesus said, I and my Father are one. We're one of the same spirit. And he said, if I with the finger of God cast out devils, know you the kingdom of God's come nigh unto you. You've seen me, you've seen the Father. Well, the, the little children know that Jesus is the father of glory. That is a must, and it's an essential, not a trinity doctrine, but an essential doctrine of Christ, that Christ, first and foremost, is that spirit. That we find in 1 Peter 1, verse 10 and 11, that the Old Testament prophets searched diligently into the grace that should come unto us, searching what or what manner of time the spirit of Christ that was in them. That spirit is Jesus. That spirit is God. God is the spirit. And Christ is that spirit. First and foremost, Christ is the spirit, always has been the spirit of God and always will be the spirit of God. And there's only one spirit. There's not three. There's not a spirit junior. 
There's not a second person of the Godhead. There is only one. And there, that is Jesus Christ. He is the Christ. That's the doctrine of Christ. And when it signified beforehand, the sufferings of Christ. That means that Christ, somehow or other, will suffer, even though he's the Spirit of God, he's going to form himself a body of flesh and blood. And we see that in Philippians 2, 6 through 8. So the ones that's going to be used will have the one God, Jesus' only revelation. No one else will be used. A trinity will not be used. A tunis, binary, will not be used. A oneness will not be used. They will have to have the pure revelation of Jesus Christ in full understanding of the mystery of God and the Father and of Christ. In him are hid all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And he said, let no man deceive you by any means. We have to have that revelation of Christ and abide in it. And if any man abide not in the doctrine of Christ, he has not God. That's 2 John 9. Well, Christ is that spirit who made himself of no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant. Same Christ. And that servant is God Almighty. The man took upon him the form of a servant made in the likeness of man, found in fashion as a man. That's God himself, not a second person of the Godhead. That is God. Now, the ones that's going to be used in that ministry have to have that revelation. That is the, the very essence of why all the work of the ministry will be transpired and preached, proclamated, published in the world for that doctrine of Christ to be received in the revelation, the unveiling of Jesus Christ. And that is the last work of God, the work of the ministry to be revealed in the last days. And God said it in Deuteronomy 32, this is not sealed up among my treasures, saith God, to be revealed in the last days. What's the whole work? That you may know that I am God, Jesus said. Beside me, there is no other God. There's no son of God up there. He said, I alone am God, and there is none other. That I know not any. There's no other person up here. And he said, I kill, I make alive, I wound, I heal. I do all these things. Shall there be evil in the city? And I, the Lord God, have not done it. So the proclamation of Jesus Christ is that he is the only true God in eternal life, and there's not another. The greatest first commandment of all, the dominant commandment, was in Mark 12, 29. When the scribe asked Jesus, what? is the first commandment of all, the greatest. What is it? Jesus said, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And one means one. And you'll have people say, well, there's an ecod. One Lord's an ecod, and that's a plurality of one. No, one means one. It's just that simple. Yaquid ecod, an alot is one. There's only one God. There's only one spirit. There's one body, one spirit, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, who is above all, Father of us all, and in us all. One, not one plus one plus one. No, there's many different functions and offices of that one spirit, but there's only one spirit. And that is the final essence of the whole revelation of Jesus Christ that all may know him from the least to the greatest, and they will know him through judgments. For thy judgments, when thy judgments are in the earth, men will learn righteousness. 
And that righteousness is John 16, that Jesus said, I will show you plainly of the Father. I'll no more speak in Proverbs. I'll show you plainly of the Father. And he said, at that time, you will ask in my name. And I say not that I'll pray the Father for you. Why? Because Jesus is glorified back for the Father's own self, that he is the Father revealed. The Son of God is the Father revealed. And that is the whole crux, the center point, the whole focus of what the ministry, the work of the ministry will, will proclaim that only Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is God, the Father of glory. The Son of God has come and give us, given us an understanding of him that is true, and we are in him that is true, even in his Son, Jesus Christ. Who is this? This is the only true God in eternal life, the only true God, Jesus only. 1 John 5, 20. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. So we jump track. We have jumped track in the revelation of Jesus, and we have to come to that knowledge again and come to that knowledge of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, through these exceedingly great and uh, precious promises given to us, that we escape the corruption of the world through lust, that we are made partakers of his divine nature. Now, there is Jesus doing the redemption miracles in Matthew 17 on that Mount of Transfiguration. He did those redemption miracles showing he's a resurrection and the life. He's that God. Then we had Moses. Men say, well, Moses, why is Moses? Because it was not Moses. It was not Moses that destroyed the gods of Egypt. It was Jesus through him, Christ in him that did it. All the Old Testament prophets prophesied by the Spirit of Christ that was in them. First Peter 1, verse 10 and 11. And it was not Elijah. They seen Elijah there, but it was not Elijah. That's the reason Peter, James, and John looked up and saw Jesus only. Because it was not Moses doing the judgment miracles. It was Jesus only. It was not Elijah doing those miracles. It was Jesus only. And Jesus did the redemption miracle, showing that he is the father of glory, that he's the resurrection and the life. He is that spirit that will raise you from the dead. If the same spirit dwell in you that also dwell in Christ Jesus, as also, I shall also quicken and make alive your mortal body. If any man have not the spirit of Christ, he's none of his. That's the reason Jesus sent John uh, to destroy this temple. And in three days, I will raise it up. Now, nobody can raise up his own body except he be God. Well, that's right. And by that resurrection from the dead, Jesus raised up his own body. Now, the Jews said, well, 46 years were they in building this temple. You're going to raise it up in three days? But Jesus spake of uh, the, the body, the temple, the body. Spake of his body. That temple being not an iron, a brick-and-mortar temple, but naos, the temple. What know you not? Your body's a temple of the Holy Ghost. You're not your own. So, it will make one body, all members in particular, making but one body. That's the essence of it, revealing Jesus, not any pastor or evangelist or apostle or prophet or bishop or whatever the case may be. It will reveal Jesus only. It will be nothing of them. 
the different individual members of the body of Christ, but Christ through them. Just as Paul said, I was crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I. Well, Paul, if it's not you living, then who is it? Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Now, we're been earnestly contending for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. And in that, that will be Jesus only unto perfection. It'll be the redemption miracles of Jesus. Same thing that we will work. He said, greater works than these shall you do. These same works that I do and greater works that, than these shall you do. And it'll be the judgment miracles of Moses. That will, if you sing the song of Moses, it is because you have worked the judgment miracles just as Moses did upon Egypt. So you will do upon the world in the body of Christ, not through your own power or your own might, but through the Holy Ghost, God Almighty. Then we have, of course, Elijah. And Elijah truly must first come and restore all things, Jesus said in Matthew 17 on the Mount of Transfiguration. That's a ministry of restoration or restitution of all things, all things of faith. So it's the season right now for perfection, not just an Elijah ministry. Elijah ministry is not Elijah ministry. It's a Jesus ministry. And that will be Jesus only lifted up in and through the body of Christ. So therefore, we have to come unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ unto all knowledge. And that is all things, all truth. We've been seen through a glass darkly in Pentecost, but now we're in the third day. And notice, that whom the Lord did foreknow, them he did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. And those that he predestinated, them he also called. Them that he called, he also justified, keep going. And those that he justified, he also glorified to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. So there's the face. God has shown forth his glory in the face of Jesus Christ. That Peter, James, and John saw Jesus' face shone as it were the sun in its brightness, the light of God. God is lightning in him. There's no darkness at all. The glory that was revealed there. But his garments were glistening. It was the body of Christ and the righteousness of the saints down unto his feet. So therefore, the work of the ministry is a work of perfection. And until the body of Christ is perfected, the Lord will not put in a sickle and reap his harvest. When they come to the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ unto a perfect man, then it says he will do a work, a short work, and cut it short in righteousness. The devil won't have a chance to get into it. They've come to the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ, a, a church without spot, without blemish. It's perfect in all her ways. The bride has made herself ready. And that season is perfection now in tabernacles, not Pentecost. In Pentecost, there in Leviticus 16, all the priests were taken out of the sanctuary. And only one will go through the veil unto the most holy place and anoint the most holy. And that, 
is the last day work of the ministry in the body of Christ coming in the unity of the faith as one man. That Jesus is the head and we, the body of the Christ, will be but one man filling heaven and an earth. And the devil will blaspheme the ones, the name of God in heaven and those in the earth. And when we see that work of the ministry in Revelation 19.10, John saw, he saw that work. He saw that perfected body of Christ. And it looked like Jesus had the character of Jesus. And he bowed down to worship him. He said, see thou doest it not. I am of thy fellow servants and of thy brethren that have the testimony of Jesus. I have something the others don't have. True. Not an angelic host, not an angel, but they have the testimony of Jesus. The body of Christ having the testimony of Jesus said, worship God for the testimony of Jesus. And he tells us is the spirit of prophecy. How do you understand the words of the book of this prophecy, the revelation of Jesus Christ? Only through the spirit of prophecy, which is the testimony of Jesus. And only those that have that testimony of Jesus will be used for the work of the ministry. Now, how do we know that that's the faith? Because in Revelation 1, we find John on the Isle of Patmos. He's exiled there because they tried to boil him. He wouldn't boil. They exiled him to the Isle of Patmos. And there he said, I am your fellow companion in tribulation and persecution and for the testimony of Jesus. And he tells us in Revelation 19, 10, he, he sees it. And he said, uh, I am one, this one that he sees, he's sure it's Jesus. He said, I am thy fellow servant and of thy brethren that have the testimony of Jesus. And John said, that's the reason I'm here, for the testimony of Jesus. I'm your fellow companion in all this tribulation, but for the testimony of Jesus. In Revelation, the 12th chapter, there's a woman clothed with the sun and moon and her feet upon her head, a crown of 12 stars. She's cried, travailing in pain to be delivered. That's the church going through birth pain, sorrows, the beginning of sorrows, birth pain. Matthew 24, Mark 13, Luke 21. Now, it's not Mary. That's not Israel. That's the church. How do we know that? Because she brings forth a man child caught up to God into his throne. Well, that's the same thing that John saw in Revelation 4, verse 1. There was a door open in heaven. He's seeing the heavenly things. There was a door open in heaven and a voice of a trumpet talking with him. That's the voice of Jesus. The voice of the Son of God the voice of a trumpet talking with him, saying, come up hither. Somebody said, that's a rapture. No, it's not. He didn't say you were caught up to uh, heaven and you've got a changed body. No, no rapture there. What is it then? We'll come up hither and I will show you things. Things of faith. You're still in the earth. Show you things which will come to pass hereafter. This is the final consummation of things in the unity of the faith, in the knowledge of the Son of God unto perfection. It's not the rapture. Well, it's the testimony of Jesus. Yes, it is. And those, blessed are those that read the, uh, the words of the book of this prophecy and keep those sayings of this book. 
obedience unto righteousness. Romans 6. Well, we see, what is this testimony of Jesus? Well, it's unto perfection. <clears throat> That's that man, child, caught up to God and to his throne. It's a higher revelation. It's showing things which will come to pass hereafter. And Revelation 12 is a, is a didactum. It's, it's a learning. It's instruction, giving us a bottom line of what God is doing in Revelation 12. And she brings forth a man-child. Who is that? They keep this devil, the old serpent, the scorpion, the dragon, is wroth with a woman and make, went to make war with her and the remnant of her seed. That's a seed counted for the generation. That's a Jesus generation. That's the Christ generation, Christ through them. They are the ones that's come unto perfection. Notice it said, and they, these comes against the woman and the remnant of her seed. Who are they? They keep the commandments of God. Those that love God keep his commandments. And they have something else. Not just the love of God. Not just loving him uh, in deed and in truth, which they do, but and also have the testimony of Jesus. Now, this testimony of Jesus is what it's all about. The whole words of the book of this prophecy is for the testimony of Jesus, the spirit of prophecy. Let's say he that readeth and keep the sayings of the words of the book of this prophecy. You add anything to it, the plagues of this book are added to you. Very serious thing. You take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, your name will be taken out of the whole city and blotted out of the book of life. Very serious. You're dealing with the heartstrings of God Almighty, Jesus Christ himself, the Almighty God. Somebody said, I didn't know he was the Almighty. I thought he was the Son. Well, that's where we've missed, we've missed it. We've erred from the truth. And that's the thing in Revelation 1.8. Jesus said, I'm Alpha and Omega. I'm the Aloft of the Tav. I'm the A to the Z. The Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, which is, was, is to come, the Almighty. I'm the Omnipotent, God Almighty. Omniscient, omnipresent God. And all of the book of the Revelation is going to be revealing that. The revelation, the revealing of Jesus Christ. He is the Almighty God. It's going to say it three times in there. That he's the Almighty God without any reservation. He's God Almighty. And in Revelation 12, the ones that are with God, keeping his commandments, and have the testimony of Jesus, are the ones caught up to God and to his throne and throne room revelation. They are the ones that empty out themselves the golden oil, not a beaten olive oil, not in the Pentecostal realm of a beaten olive oil and the 22 knots of bowls with a half egg of beaten olive oil to feed the seven lamps that give light over against the, uh, the table of shoe bread. That's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about Pentecost. We're talking about going within the veil in the highest of glory, anointing the most holy. And that's Daniel, Daniel 9, 24. To seal up the vision and the prophecy. What prophecy? The words of the book of this prophecy. And that end, anoint the most holy, the most holy place. There it is. You're not in the sanctuary. You've gone higher. You're called to God and to his throne. Well, what is that testimony of Jesus? We see that they keep the commandments of God. They love him. And they have the testimony of Jesus. That's the faith. Somebody said, how do you know it's a faith? Because we read in, in Revelation, the 14th chapter, verse 12, the redeemed of the Lord are the ones that 
keep the commandments of God. Those are the ones that were sealed, having their father's name written in their forehead, Revelation 14, 1. But they, Revelation 14, verse 12, they, were the, they are the redeemed. They keep the commandments of God and have the faith of Jesus. The faith of Jesus is the testimony of Jesus, which is the spirit of prophecy, which are the ones that have kept and have obeyed the sayings of the book of this prophecy and having the revelation of that. And they are the only ones that's going to preach this everlasting gospel to all the world for witness unto all nations and then the end will come. Neighbor, we don't want to be left out. Need to hear from you. God's putting the body of Christ together. We want to be a, a shoe shine boy before you pop the rag shine your shoes in that walk, in your walk of uh, the ministry of Jesus. We love to hear from you. Give us a call. You can call me. Dennis Beard, 903-746-4885. We'd love to talk with you. Or you can also write to me, Dennis Beard, Post Office Box 2906, Longview, Texas, zip code 75606. Or you can message us over the websites, sealinggodspeople.org, sealinggodspeople.com, or dennisbeard.org. Tune into the podcast, our own app, Sealing God's People's, over 25 different locations in the, and the various sites there, Sealing God's People, in our own app, tuning into the podcast. Thank you for your prayerful support and your generous offerings, offerings whereby you're, we are able to keep the podcast coming to you uh, there, and we pray over your offerings that God bless it back to you 30, 60, 100 fold. Uh, that you will be abounding to every good work and supplying the wants of the saints. God bless you. Until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Beard saying, Behold the real Jesus.